Welcome to Fly on the Wall, a podcast where you have the opportunity to listen in on a live coaching conversation. Please make sure to like and subscribe. And now for today's episode. Yeah, how's everything going out there in Florida? Uh, pretty good. I, I mean, as well as probably we can expect right now, given the surge that we're dealing with, like everyone else around the country with COVID. But yeah. um, beyond that we're doing pretty good i can't really i can't play we're really busy very very busy so well that's good too that's busy good. i actually think yeah that's awesome man but well, cool. how can i serve you today man what uh what do you want to talk about well let's just let's just stick with the COVID thing for a minute because i've noticed one of the challenges that i'm having and this is not a short term this has really been kind of a, a long-term challenge now this thing hasn't really ended but it's, it's really re-engaging people um, back in the church on two levels. You know, one is just consistency in coming. I've noticed that even when people come back, they tend to not come back the same way. They come back more intermittently. You know, so if they were there three times a month before, you know, now they're once or twice a month. And they think, you know, I'm trying to change that mindset. And even with serving commitments that's been a real challenge as well most of my team probably would say their number one issue right now is finding people to plug in and serve because they're probably connected you know if you're not around you're not going to want to serve so yeah um, just trying to find ways to uh, in a healthy manner just raise that bar for yeah. folks and um, just seeing if you have any thoughts you can help me with on that let's start there yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're definitely, uh, you're right in there with uh, what, I, what I think everybody is, you know, struggling with is they're seeing, they're seeing their churches start to come back, but they're seeing churches come back with newer, different people than it was the same people. So it's like, man, my congregation has totally changed. Uh, so if you took mm -hmm. a picture in 2019, took a picture now, it's like, whoa, all these faces are different. So people are, people are experiencing that. A couple of things I think, Mark, that are that I've seen as I'm working with churches across the nation, um, <clears throat> and I'm and I'm not. Uh, it's going to sound like, oh, hey, hey, Chris, I already told you my, my team's having a struggling getting volunteers, and so uh, what I'm about to tell you it feels like I'm just repeating it back to you and telling you that hey, just just get your team to recruit. Anyway, I'm, I'm what I'm really saying is is this is that people are saying man, I'm having a hard time getting people to come back. And then what I've been doing is I've been challenging in, in, in the coaching. I'm like, hey, why don't we focus on engagement over attendance, which I always talk about. I focus on engagement <clears throat> over attendance. So trying to get people to get involved in ministry. Do we have a structure for that? Do we have clarity for that? All that. Um, getting your people to recruit. Now, that's why I say it's kind of weird because you're saying, hey, man, I, I told you I'm trying to get people to recruit and they're, and they're not able to get people to recruit uh, to get people on board. And I would say to that, is it, and I'm not saying it's not that for you, but is it true that it's been an all out effort among the leaders? Have we really tried? Have we got together? I'm not saying you have it, but <clears throat> there's a church I work with, well, several of them, uh, I'll give you one example. Just recently, they were like, man, we're having a hard time. And I was there with them. I flew there and spent a couple of days with them on the ground with them and their staff. I said, okay. I go, well, why don't we do this? You know, they're a good sized church. I said, why don't we put a number on the board 
uh, and let's figure out what we need. So how many children's people do you need? How many more leaders do you need? How many more volunteers do you need? Went around the room to the staff, ended up being like 60 or something. Uh, I think it was 60. And so I said, okay, so in the next 90 days, let's go and try to recruit 60 people. What was crazy, Mark, is, is that they recently, about two or three months ago, they finished up with 59. They hit 59. Before that, they were saying, we can't get anybody. And I'm like, now all of a sudden you can? Because the energy started to focus towards, hey, man, let's all do this together. Let's go after 60. So they ended up, I think it was 59. Then um, they went out and set another goal and go, let's go after another 60. They ended up with like 62. They, or they're almost at 62 or are about to finish and they're going to, looks like they're at 62. My point is they've been hitting goals like this. Another church I worked with in Arizona, smaller church. Uh, we want to get in the next 90 days, we want to get 30 volunteers. It wasn't 60, it was 30. And they just finished theirs up and they ended up hit 33. But back up three months ago, they told me we can't get anybody, that the team is trying to recruit. And I'm like, are we, I mean, are we really praying about it? Are we really trying? Are we really making it a Sunday habit to recruit. Uh, and I'm not saying that your team's not doing that, but um, I don't know any other way to get people to serve except for to ask them. Uh, and so are these, are they making the push predominantly on Sunday morning or, you know, do you see any kind of common threads between the ones that are succeeding? Are there certain things they're doing? I imagine they're doing it consistently over the 90 days, but I mean, it's gotta be more than an announcement on a Sunday morning. Well, it is more so like, how are they kind of getting there? Yeah. So the way that I, the way that I would encourage you to do it, the way that I encourage the other people to do it, it's working. They brought the staff together. And again, they'll say, Hey, we're going to go after this. So yeah, they, they can announce it on Sunday, but what, but what we went around with them is, okay, so Joanne, you're going to, you need to recruit 10 in the next 90 days, next staff meeting next week. We're going to see where you're at. Same thing with you, Tom. Same thing with you, Joe. Same thing with you, Jessica. We're going to see where you're at. Uh, okay, where are you at? And then we go to the whiteboard and go, okay, you got two, you got one, you got four, you got three. Okay, that makes whatever it is, nine people. Okay, we got 60, now we're nine. So we got 51 to go. Uh, literally, they are beginning to think in their mind, Sunday isn't just get through the day, make sure the curriculum gets out for the kids. They know that Sunday is their day, that they're in front of the people, to recruit in the hallway and have a lot of hallway conversations. The recruiting didn't happen from the stage. The recruiting happened by the team working the hallways. That's how it happened. And um, now I still believe there's a system, you know, like, hey, Sunday morning, go to, you go to the Welcome Center. I always teach boxes and batons. And then you go to, you know, I've talked about that. Then you go to pizza with the pastor and there you find out about the church like that thing needs to keep going because they want to meet you as the pastor and they that's a way of getting people engaged but here's here's the thing if you walked in mark and said by december i want the church to be 800 people or whatever whatever the number is uh what is your staff actually going to do about that i mean really it's kind of funny when you think about it, when you're like, we're, we're going to grow to X amount of people. And they're like, hey, man, you know, what are they actually going to do about that? Besides agree with you, say amen and pray for it. Nothing. However, right. we turn, we shift from attendance to engagement 
Now look what happens. Engagement is getting people involved. Now we're accountable. Five from you, eight from you, six from you, five from you. Now we're accountable. We're not accountable to an attendance goal. We're accountable to an engagement goal. And now a couple things are going to happen. One, you're going to get them to start recruiting, which is probably they're not doing. I'm not, I'm not saying that for sure, but in most cases, that's what I've found out. Secondly, you're going to create a, a, an accountability, a team accountability. The team is holding each other accountable, which is way better than you always holding people accountable. And then thirdly, what's going to happen is the attendance will go up. For every one person that gets engaged in ministry, the, uh, on average, attendance goes up two people. You engage 40 people, your attendance goes up. And we're going after new blood. We're not going after the same two people that serve in 19 areas. We're going after new blood. And they might be like, we don't have enough new blood. I don't know what it is, Mark, but I can tell you this. Every time I challenge a church to do this in the last eight, nine months, they're like, they always say the same thing. We've tried. No, come on. And I'll look over. Okay, Susan, how many people have you honestly approached in the last three Sundays? And that's not a big number. They're not recruiting. So we go... We go to that. They're not probably doing that. Or they're not really going after it. It's not, it's not really an all-out effort. And when it becomes one and there's accountability to it, the church grows, the attendance grows, everything starts to grow. All right. Fair enough. It's a good challenge. I accept. <laughs> well, engagement over attendance. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the way I would look at it, engagement over attendance. All right, let's shift gears a little yeah. bit. Um, let's talk about more than one location and trying to have some kind of consistency in the vision at each of those locations as, as a church, uh, the quality of ministry. I, I don't really feel like each location we have, for example, has to look the same, but you still want a high quality of ministry and happening engagement happening what have you but as a senior pastor or leader i just can't be at every location as much as i would like to so how do you you know how do you do that how do you manage that you have good night i don't know you have what 100 locations now something like that <laughs> so like how do you how do you manage all of that stuff as you go through it what is what are some of the things i need to be um looking out for and doing on a regular basis there yeah, you're multi-site. You have one or two other campuses, a couple other campuses, right? Yeah, yeah, just a couple, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, uh, and you don't have any problem with them being totally different in style? Uh, well, I wouldn't say we would want them totally different in style. We just, I'm, we're definitely open to the style adapting to the community they're in. So that's fine. So, uh, but there, there are certain things like our logo and our look is our, you know, the brand is the brand. It's kind of look like that. But if they want to do, um, if they want to do children's ministry a little differently than we're doing it, we're okay with that. If it works for them, you know, they're different sizes too. So they don't all have the same capacity and the same resources to do everything in the same way. So, right. Right. Um, well, the big thing that I would say where I think people uh, miss it, if you will, is not creating, um, not creating incredible clarity. Um, and I always say it has to pass the paper test. 
So where are the values? Where are the do's and don'ts? Uh, where are the red lights, yellow lights, and green lights? It's one thing I always like to teach. Like, do you have traffic lights? So red light is no freedom, yellow light, a little bit of freedom, green, all the freedom you want. Uh, so do we have that in worship or don't we? Uh, what do we have that in the length of the message or don't we? Do we have that in how children's ministry or what freedom do we have there? I, I would say, and, and you and I have said this before, we've talked about this, but in absence of clarity, people arrive to their own conclusion. So when clarity isn't there, they'll arrive to their own conclusion. And that's why I say, man, if you're going to be multi-site, man, that thing can drift fast. I always say vision always leaks, people always drift. And that thing can drift fast. So clarity, like what do we, what do we value? How long are the services supposed to be? What is the worship, how long is the worship supposed to be? What's the level of children? What's it supposed to look like for the children's ministry? If you just say excellent, your definition of excellence and this guy's definition of excellence are completely different. And yeah. so you can't just say excellence. You can't just say done well. That doesn't mean anything uh, because everybody's version of excellence or done well is completely different. You have to get really clear on what does excellent mean? Uh, what does it actually look like? Um, you're right. You can't be at all the campuses. If there is a staff member you do have that can visit monthly to the other campuses, I would definitely do that. Um, they, those campuses need to be visited if possible on a monthly basis where you're really checking for DNA, vibe, feel, you know, all that stuff. If you're going to send someone there, by the way, make sure you have a list that they're looking at, like a checklist. Like if, mm -hmm. you know, if you and I own 10 McDonald's and we hired someone to go look at our McDonald's, <laughs> they should have a checklist of what they're looking for. Like the bathroom should be clean. The, you know, the kitchen should be clean, whatever it is. Same thing as a church. Like, okay, what are the things we're looking for? Uh, they should have that as well. But I would say, Mark, the thing that I've found with, with, with the pastors that maybe launched a site or one or two, they always run into, it feels a little different, or it's lacking a little excellence, or it's not quite having, and I always say, back up and get very clear on everything you want to be and put it to the paper test. If you just say it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's got to be, here's the page on this. This is what we do. Here's a page on this. This is what we do. Uh, you have freedom here, but there's not freedom there. Um, Otherwise, they arrive to their own conclusion. And I think that's where you got to get really clear. Services, children, length of message, length of worship. If you care about those things or you don't, but whatever you care about, be very clear about. How often do you meet with uh, your teams at each of the locations, the campuses? Um, well, I have a guy that oversees all of that now. He's kind of overseeing all of everything. And I'm kind of more advancing South Hills at this point. But... But, and he's been like that for years anyway, so it doesn't matter. But um, uh, someone meets with them, <laughs> uh, not just one person. Someone will meet with them uh, with the campus pastors probably twice a month. And that's probably okay. the big thing. Uh, very rarely with the entire team, more with the campus pastors. Meet with them. Are you? Yeah. I'm just curious. Are you giving... Uh, do your youth pastors, children's pastors, worship pastors, are they 
under the direction of the campus pastor himself or are they coming is the worship guy being directed by your main if you have which would call it a main campus worship pastor or somebody like that or are you letting each one of them kind of run run their race campus pastors run their own race we call that dotted line versus solid line mm-hmm. campus pastor <clears throat> has a solid line to his entire team which I believe is the way it should be. He has the ability to kind of hire and fire and do whatever he needs to do. The dotted line is, hey, here's the here's our ministry champion over worship. Here's the guy that we all look to for worship. He has a dotted line. Dotted line just means influence. Children's worship, whatever. So let the champion, the expert, if you will, let that person have the influence. Let the campus pastor have the authority. Got it. Yeah, usually, usually, yeah. So just kind of tell them that's a verbiage because I always think language shapes behavior, behavior shapes culture. Lang- the language is, hey, Bob, you got a dotted line to that worship leader, not a solid line. Campus pastors, you have the solid line. Yeah, that's. And so you're probably spending a lot of time with the campus pastor making sure they know what the red, yellow, and green lights are. I take it. Yeah, that's yeah. there. Everything's in writing. Everything's clear. Uh, clear on red lights, green lights, yellow lights, playbook, uh, values, job description, compensation grids. Everything, everything's got to be clear. Because again, not to belabor the point, but they will arrive to their own conclusion. <laughs> it's never the one you want. Uh, so, you know, you got to be clear about that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's really helpful. I, we haven't been quite that uh, uh, effective in terms of putting it on paper as that. It's been a lot more conversational than it has been in writing at this point. So um, I, I would I would jump from converse. Well, I think conversation always has to be there, but I would add to it. Uh, and it's a it's a silly phrase, but does it pass the paper test? In other words, is this on paper somewhere? Not that anybody's going to read it and it becomes their second Bible or anything, but I just, I think when conversations happen about words like excellence, worship service, length of sermons, you know, you get down the road six months and like, dude, we talked about the worship. Well, no, I thought you meant, didn't, I mean, what I heard was, it's like, no, 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 here it is. <laughs> this is the way it's going to be. I'm telling you, if you leave it to conversation, it'll always get muddy. And, and all you do is you just go back to, okay, let's look at the document again. We all agree to, you know, this is the way it's going to be. Um, it it, it uh, cleans up the water when you are able to pass the paper test on your values and traffic lights and all those kind of things. Yep. You have a sample, would you happen by chance have a sample checklist <laughs> that you use at your places? I'm just and, curious. Well, when I, I tell you, uh, you're talking about when you go and look at other campuses, yeah, I, you know, not, well, I'll tell you the areas we look at right now. It's very easy. We yeah. look at we look at sermon. I tell you, what we uh-huh. do. we look at sermon, worship, children's, next step, and environment. Sermon, worship, children, next steps, environment. So, sermon, you know, uh, we want to make sure people have a chance to receive Christ. It's got to be in there. Want to make sure it's not lasting 58 minutes. 
There's a certain time. It's got to be following the grid that we created. Okay, great. <laughs> Worship. It's got to be a certain length. It's got to be a certain style. We want to done with excellence. Check, check, check. Children's safety. Are they having a good time? Are they learning about Jesus? Is it clean? Does it seem good? Is the person checking in not 11 years old? Uh, which I've seen that before. I'm like, eh, I don't know if parents are going to feel that safe about that. So like we're checking certain things. Next steps. Are next steps clear in the service? Okay. Hey, man, go to the Welcome Center. And, you know, because we know the Welcome Center leads to pizza with the pastor or discover or whatever you do. Um, are the next steps clear? Whatever those next steps are. And then environment. Uh, what does it feel like when you walk up? Is there music playing? Are people waving signs? What's it feel like when you walk in? What are the ushers responding to? What's the greeters? What's the environment look like? So sermon, worship, children's next steps and environment. I love it. That's really helpful. That'll help a lot. Thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, hey, man. We have, uh, we, have any more, we have any more time or are we done? Yeah, let's do one more quick question and then, uh, then I got to jump on my next call. Okay, real quick one. Yes, um, we have talked about this before, but I just, I'm a slow learner, so we'll take it from that <laughs> perspective. But, um, really working to, to deal with, do you, let me ask the question this way, um, following up with guests at your campuses, your, part of your next step process, do you make that, I think I know the answer based on what we talked about, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, is that the same across the board or do you have flexibility in that process for you guys you give them a little bit of room on that i would say yes and and here's why i say yes okay. and. um formula needs to be the same but every formula is always being experimented with so i would say to you if you want to experiment with something experiment at a campus say hey man we're gonna we're gonna try this before it goes to every single campus and everybody makes this massive shift Whichever campus you think would work well to sort of beta test the idea, everybody's still doing this and you're over here beta testing and going, this really works. Then you bring it over to everybody else. Everybody follows uniformity in that because it makes the system clean. It makes the software clean. It makes the, no one's guessing, but there's a, you know, Hey, beta test to follow up first time guests, beta test to almost anything. We want to beta test to try to make it better, but we don't beta test everybody at the same time. Okay, so when you're closing your services out, just as part of a, a portion of a next step process, and you give an invitation for people to receive Christ, yep. uh, how are you getting the? How are you getting contact with those folks? That they're not just, uh, I don't know, they're coming for you, raise a hand, then they walk out. I mean, what do you guys do to try and say, I want to make sure I get that name of that person in the room yeah. or? That's, Online, uh, I guess I got to grabbing information from people is an ongoing challenge <laughs> for everybody. I think every church, guests, yeah. whatever. I mean, you know, uh, we try it all. The QR codes, the connect cards uh, on salvation, all of that. On first time guests, we always push people to the Welcome Center. Hey, if you're here for the first time or just started coming in the last month or two, stop by the Welcome Center. You know, that's always a push. Uh, push them to the welcome center, push them to the welcome center. But uh, there's no quick answer to that because I think people, anonymity becomes bigger and bigger for people. But connect cards, QR codes, text, text this, text the word, uh, I raised my hand today, text the word guest to this number, and then the conversation starts. 
then that that's the beginning of a process that you and I could talk about a different time, but that's the beginning of a process. You can try it. And again, dude, I think you try a few different things until you figure out the one that gets you the best results, but QR codes, uh, connect cards and text this phrase to five, five, eight, five, five or whatever. And then the conversation starts about salvation or guests or whatever. Yeah. That's what I would do. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate well, it, man. Well, hey, man, our time is up, dude. Always good talking with you, dude. Thanks so much for uh, getting on the call and always good hanging out with you. Thanks for stopping by today. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and to be on the lookout for more podcasts from Fly on the Wall. See you next time.